We're starting a new series today with Advent season, and we are in, if you have your Bibles with you and want to open up to Matthew chapter 3, we're reading verses 1 through 13, and you can follow along with me on the screen. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with his unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Camille. Thank you, for, thank you, Allie. The new series we're going to start today is called Get Ready. And um, I've been reflecting on how many times we ask questions about getting ready. You know, are you, are you ready? Of course, that will... The answer, yes or no, will, will, what that actually means just is all about the context. Because, you know, if you're saying, are you ready for your day? That's going to look a lot different than, are you ready to go to bed? And if you're getting ready to go somewhere, you know, how long before you're ready? Well, that depends. If you're sharing a bathroom, if you have one of those, like, uh, showers that's more like this is a drive through and I'm in and I barely get wet and I'm out because, you know, someone told me I had to take a shower, then it's not going to be very long if they're in front of you. If you have somebody like in these first two rows here, there's a few people that I know about that if they're in front of you, you know, it's like, well, I don't know. It seems like they must, they bring in a tent and set up and they're in there for a while. They're just hanging out. This is just going to be a while before I'm going to be able to be ready. So context matters. Um, you know, if someone asked Tuesday, are you ready for Thanksgiving? What it would mean for a person to be ready would look very different if you're like hosting a gathering or if you're traveling somewhere to spend an overnight. Um, those would be two very different things. If you ask the Detroit Lions, are you ready for Thanksgiving? They weren't. That's pretty clear. They were not ready. But that, that took totally different than the, most of us have to get ready for Thanksgiving. Now, if you were saying, you know, are you ready for Thanksgiving? And it was like, yes, I'm ready to make this a day where I am intentionally thankful all day. Where actually I join with others in being intentionally thankful all day. 
I'm guessing that when people got asked earlier in the week, are you ready for Thanksgiving? That's not what was in their head. I wouldn't be surprising if a lot of us spent more time complaining, whether out loud or in our heads, most of the day, more than giving thanks. This is a frustrating day for some of us. Or it's a lonely day for some of us. And so it just kind of depends on what does it mean to be getting ready for Thanksgiving. Well, Advent means preparation, arrival. The things that, that Allie talked about, there's a, loaded, there's a load of meaning in Advent. But one of the things about Advent is we're getting ready for the arrival. We're, we're getting ready. We're getting prepared. And, it, and so we celebrate Advent in the weeks leading up to Christmas. And so in a certain way, we're getting ready for the celebration of Christmas and what that means. But it's not that we're just getting ready to know, make sure we know the reason for the season. That's not what Advent is mainly for. If you listen carefully to what Ali talked about, there is a way in which we are getting ready to be able to celebrate that Jesus came, and we're especially going to use this time when we're reflecting around uh, the wreath to do some of that. But she also talked about longing for him to come again. What we're getting ready for is Jesus coming. That's what the Advent season is. And there's especially a focus on getting ready for the fact that he will come again. And when he comes again, everything is going to work as it should be. But as it says in the Apostles' Creed, he will come and judge the living and the dead. So we are getting ready for that. And this is the season, the four weeks where we're getting ready for that. Now, if I ask you if you're getting ready, if you're ready for Christmas, I mean, uh, a lot of us have just like the decorations, the gifts, the, all the stuff, the cooking, the what's part. Are you getting ready for his coming? Are you in these weeks getting ready for the reality that he will come again, or there will be a day where we stop breathing here and then we are? Are we ready for that? And not just that, though. So there's that he came. There's that he will come again. But there's that he wants to come right now. He wants to come more fully into our lives than he's flowing through them right now. Individually and as a group, he wants to. So are we getting ready for that? Are we getting ready for the fullness of God? And I think, I think, that there's a way that we can do that individually, but I also think that there's a possibility that God wants to move among us in our communities, who knows which communities at what time and what way, but in, th- in ways that are similar to what people use words like revival or awakening or renewal, like he wants to move among us. What if he does? What if he wants to like do something that we kind of read about in different parts of history, but we have not yet experienced. Are we, are we ready for that? Do we want to get ready for that? And I, I just think we're not great at that kind of getting ready. You know, if we lived in Ukraine or Gaza or Israel or Sudan or Afghanistan or Syria, then we might be more like, yeah, 
yes, come back. We're, we're ready. Come back. Make things right, please. Come back. Come quickly. Come soon. Come, Lord Jesus. But instead, our minds are focused elsewhere. That longing might not be, we might not be as in touch with that longing. So we are going to look during these weeks at John the Baptist. He is going to be our guide to help us get ready. Because that was his role when he came. To help the people get ready for Jesus. To help people get ready for the Lord. So we'll look at different gospel readings, kind of the full context. Camille just read the Matthew version. We'll do Luke and John and Mark in the weeks to come. But today I actually want to take a little bit from each of those Gospels, just because there are themes that are repeated. So if they're repeated in all four accounts of Jesus' life that we have in the Bible, if they're saying these same things, then this could be some of the things we should pay attention to that would help us get ready. So if, if you can bring up the first slide, I'm just going to tell you what the three, there's more than this that's repeated themes, and we'll look at a couple of those in the week, weeks ahead. But here are three of the things that are in uh, the passages I'm about to read. Prepare the way for the Lord. Get ready. Prepare the way for the Lord. Get ready. Get ready in the wilderness. Get ready in the wilderness, and the hope of good news is available to all. The hope of good news from God is available to all. I want us to pay attention to those things because I think it will help us in this season ahead if we're going to do what I think we're supposed to do. So let's look at Matthew, the first three verses of what was just read. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So here we got it. Prepare the way for the Lord. Okay, that's point one. The voice is one in the wilderness. And if we go back to verse one, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. Wretched twice. Well, there's something about wilderness. And then verse two, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, a lot of times that's not how we think about heaven. Trevor Hudson, uh, who's written, written good books and is um, a pastor in South Africa, he uh, for a while, his job for several years was to do part of the confirmation or whatever they called the class. It's probably fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade or something like that, getting them ready for their first communion. And that I think he's Anglican in their, their tradition. That's how they, they did that. And when he was going through that class, he said he always asked the group two questions. The first question he'd say is, do you think heaven is beautiful and good? How many of you think heaven is beautiful and good? And kids' hands would go up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going up here. Yeah. How many? They go up here and then they talk about it. Really? Do you think it's, oh, yeah. We think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be, you know, these are church going kids or whatever. Yeah. They were all. And he's like, okay. Second question. How many of you want to go there soon? And then the hands didn't kind of stay. They kind of look at her like, well, that, that gets to our idea of heaven, he says, being something that's far away. And something that happens later on. 
But that's not what John the Baptist says right here. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has, has come, not it's coming later, has come near, not far away. The kingdom of heaven is when what God wants to happen happens. And God is in the midst of what is happening. That's the kingdom of heaven. And here it is, good news. It's not just, so when we die, someday, maybe, we get to go to the good place. Which I guess will be good, but I don't really want to go there now because I think it's probably a lot better right here. That's not it. It is heaven is here in our midst, available to us, where what God wants to happen could happen, where God could be active in what is happening. That is here. That's available to us. So get ready because it's good news because God isn't staying far away and God isn't just for certain really good people. God is available. His activity is available. So get ready for it. That's Matthew. Let's go to Mark. Mark, verses 1 through 4, the beginning of the good news. Good news! Good news! Yeah, we got to make sure we know it's good news. If we don't feel the good news, then we need to say, like, God, I don't get it. So I want to get it, not just, like, in my head. I want, to, I want this to, like, yeah, this is good news. And he will work that in us. It might take a long time, but he will work it in us. But this is good news. Anyway, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send you my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Prepare your way. Get ready. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. It is getting repetitive. Prepare the way. He's going to prepare your way. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths. Let's get ready. Make the path straight. Get ready for the Lord. The voice is calling in the wilderness. Then verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. What is good news? What is part of good news? Part of good news is that there is available forgiveness for our sins. For ways that we miss the mark, for ways we could never work our way out of what we've done wrong. Occasionally in my life, maybe frequently, but occasionally I really feel it and know it, I have done something that has caused someone I love, someone I'm close to, someone I care about, someone I respect, someone who I admire, I've done something that is bad for them. And so my immediate thing is, I want to fix it. How can, how can I fix it? But when I am aware, like, I've done this, and I cannot make it better. I can say I'm sorry, but I cannot make it better. I so want to know from that person, it's okay. It's okay. This is part of the good news. More than we're aware, we do things that really hurt the heart of God. Partly because when we sin, when we miss the mark, it, it hurts us, and he loves us, and that hurts him. It hurts other people, and he loves them, and it hurts him. But he also says, it's okay. 
It's okay. He forgives. It's okay. This is good news. Go to Luke now. Luke chapter 3. We'll look at verses 3 through 6. He went into all the country around the Jordan preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. So we have it again, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him, get ready, get ready. And then there's this get ready in the wilderness. Now I'm going to come back to that this time because this is a fuller quote from Isaiah than we saw in the other two. The verse 6 says, and all people will see God's salvation. All people will see God's rescuing power. God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It's going to be available to all people. That's good news when you know you can't get there on your own. When you know you can't get unstuck on your own. When you know you need someone. And then to see there is someone. When you know someone else, you can't help them. You want to help them, but you can't do it for them. But someone can. This is good news. Now, going back to verse 4, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. In all the quotes of this, the punctuation makes it seem a voice of one who's in the wilderness and saying, prepare the way for the Lord. A voice of one, they're, the voice is in the wilderness, and they're saying, prepare the way for the Lord. This is from Isaiah. A number of years ago, I noticed as I looked back at the quote in Isaiah, which we'll bring up now, that the punctuation is different. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for it. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We'll stick with verse 3 for a second. A voice of one... No, actually, let's let's go ahead and read the whole thing. Verse 4 or 5. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places as a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Glory is coming. Verse 3. A voice of one calling. A voice of one calling. When you're in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Now, that makes it different for me. I mean, both can be true simultaneously because John the Baptist actually was in the wilderness when he was the voice calling, prepare the way for the Lord. But if the message isn't just prepare the way for the Lord, but the message is, while you're in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, that's something different for me because a lot of times I will think, you know what, I can't prepare the way for the Lord right now because life's too hard. Because I'm not feeling, I feel empty. I feel dry. It's just isn't, it's not convenient. I don't have resources available to me right now. Now there will be, I have a, an intention to draw close to God. And so, you know, I want to do that at some point, but now is not the time. Now is, now things aren't working out. Now things aren't. The time to get ready is not when everything is perfect. Right? He will be here. Say, okay, guests are coming over. We will get ready when they show up. No, the Lord is coming. Get ready now. Yeah, but life is hard now. 
I'm lonely now. People don't understand right now. Yes, that's called wilderness. And God prepares his people in the wilderness. He prepared them in the wilderness as they, you know, journeyed through with Moses to go to the promised land. He took Jesus and put him in the wilderness. There's all kinds of people, characters. that he's, it's, it's a pattern in the Bible that points to even when things aren't good, maybe even because things aren't good, God can do some of his best work there if we will cooperate with him. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. John, last account here that we're going to look at from John. A little different. Verse 22, so he is in the wilderness. People are coming out, and some of the leaders, the religious leaders, are asking him about himself. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Wilderness, Make straight the way for the Lord. So you had these quotes in Matthew and Mark from Isaiah chapter 40. And they were like medium size. Then you have Luke, which is more of a fuller, verses 3 through 5. And now this is even more abbreviated. So it doesn't say prepare the way for the Lord. But it says what comes right before and right after prepare the way for the Lord in Isaiah. It's basically saying the same thing, but just these guys that came, they know their Bibles. They're memorized. You put a little bit, they know the whole thing. So again, we're seeing prepare the way for the Lord. We're seeing wilderness. Get ready in the wilderness. Now, a little bit before that, in talking about the Word who created the world, this is the eternal Son of God, and it's going to be talking about him becoming flesh, becoming a human being. Right before that, it says, verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, In him, in the word, who we will know to be Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. What was he witnessing to? He was witnessing to the light coming into the world, a world full of darkness, a world needing light, and he came into, and when that light comes into the world, that means life for us in a place where everything's dying. And it says darkness cannot overcome the light. This is good news. So we have all three things again Get ready. Let's bring them up. Get ready. Prepare the way for the Lord. There is a voice calling. Prepare the way for the Lord. Get ready. The Lord is coming. The Lord wants to come in a way more fully than we have yet experienced. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. It is a good thing. Get ready for it. Even if you are in hard times, in wilderness times, That doesn't mean beat yourself up over the fact that it's not flowing, that it's not going. It just means don't think that the answer is, I'll just check out now for the most part and wait till it's better. We still, even if all we can do is just barely reach, barely pray, barely show up, we do what we can do. We bring what we can and that's how we get ready for him to show up and him to make valleys come up and mountains go low and for him to bring glory to what right now feels so broken. And then 
the hope of good news from God is available. The hope of good news from God is available. There's hope for what he can do right now. There's hope for what he will do and wants to do in our future, in this life, and in the life to come. It's good. It's good. It's easy to see what's not good. There's a lot of not good in our world. There's a lot of not good in me. But the good news is the one who is only good comes and says the kingdom of heaven is available right now. Like God's good activity in your life is available right now. And there's even more to come, so get ready for that. Get ready for the Lord. So now, what I want us to move towards the end is just moving in a reflective mode. What does it mean for you to get ready? What is a personal way that God might be saying like, hey, here's how you can pay attention to me, can get ready for more of my coming in your life? I don't know what that is. I don't pretend to think that there is like everybody here is going to get ready in the same ways or do the same kinds of things. But I do think that we need to like engage. I do think we need to decide, I want to get ready. I don't even know what that means, but I want to. So God, if you tell me what it looks like for me to get ready, if you make that clear to me, I'm going to do that in these coming weeks. I'm going to step into it. Whatever that is for you. Number two, let's get ready to share the good news. If we already know the Lord, if we have received the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us and what he promises for us, if we have, then how do we help other people know that? How do we help other people step more fully into that? Are you ready to do that? Like even in these weeks, are you ready to share the good news of Jesus? People need Jesus. I mean, we know we all need Jesus. Like people really need Jesus. Are have you a thought that sometime between now and Christmas, you would share him with someone? If not, why not? think the more concrete we can get about who, the better. Now, there's a way we could say, like, God, I'm willing to share with whoever. That's great. But there might be some specific people on your heart that you could be praying about. That's the number one thing about sharing with Jesus. Just start by praying, because only he can be involved. I mean, if he's not involved, it's not going to work, no matter if you say the right things or the wrong things. You can say the wrong things, and it still works if he's involved. It's where your heart's at, to love a person, to especially, now when I talk about sharing the good news, here's where I would start, listening. Just listening. 
just finding out about that, them and their life. I'm not trying to shove something down somebody's throat. Just where are you at? And if, if you are a good listener to a person and ask questions about them that get to a little deeper level, the opportunities will come. And what you need to be ready for is not to have all the perfect answers and the Bible verses. What does Jesus mean to you? Why do you follow Jesus? Why is Jesus good news to you? And you listen, and then opportunities come, and you can share that. And then lastly, I would just say, like, here's where I think some boldness comes. Invite people into things. Like, invite them to come to have coffee and talk with you about deeper matters. Invite people to come to church. Invite people to come to Christmas Eve. That's like the time they're most willing to say yes. And by the way, just so you know, on inviting, what we have to be ready for, like let's say inviting someone to church, but in anything that could, you think, help them connect. Because sometimes coming to a church service wouldn't be the best thing, or the first step at least. But what, it, what you need to be ready for is like the no. Like hard no. There are people who've come to church who don't go to church. Now, I don't invite people as often, although I'm starting to. Part of the reason is like, hey, would you want to come listen to me talk for 30 minutes? It just feels really weird. Like, somebody else needs to be inviting people. <laughs> it's just, um, but, you know, when I have invited people, just because I, I want them to know the Lord and they aren't going anywhere to church, like, this has been a pattern. I've heard this from a couple other people who've invited people and seen people come become believers. Like, but they weren't even going to church at some point. It's, it's pretty common, like, first, first invitation, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Now I feel really awkward. I'm trying to, I want to, I'm going to say no. Like the no, all the body language, the eyes, it's no. And sometimes it just is no. When the time seems right, the next invitation is, I'll think about it. Okay, the needle has moved. And the next invitation usually is like, yep. Okay, so this week, no, not this week. I am going to come eventually, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't happen all at once. That's like normal. Sometimes it's yes right away, but that's like normal. Just say that because some of us might just like shut it down because we got one no. Maybe I, mean, I almost expect the no. But keep loving, keep praying, keep listening. And then when there's opportunities, ask. Oh... Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. I'll try to be quick. Last thing, last passage we're going to look at. Last idea for what you might want to consider in getting ready. From Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come, Jesus is saying, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken, that's him, from them, and on that day they will fast. When he's no longer here in the flesh, he says, and gone, there will be a time when his followers will fast. Why? They're fasting because they want him to come back. They want him to come. They want more of him in their life. There is a time to fast. And Advent, historically speaking, is a season of fasting just as much as Lent which some of us are aware of. that's when you give something up or that, 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 that's a season of fasting. Advent has historically been a season of fasting. 
So you may want to consider fasting, and here's one reason why I am fast, going to be fasting in Advent. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. My, my heart is longing for God's movement. And I'm not sure the structures we have as church are going to be the best containers of how he wants to move. I, I'm not saying we throw everything out about how we do. I think we st- he is going to still move in some of the, the ways, but I think he wants to do new things, new things that not, maybe some of it, like some of us in church leadership are coming up with it, but like he just wants to move. And we just want to create containers that move. And my sense is that for that to happen, for the new wine to come, which is most important, and for us to have the structures and the systems, which is also important, we, we, some of us need to fast. Some of us need to just be like, God, what you, we want you to do what you want to do. And with whoever you want to do it with. And that's what we're asking for. Now, that aside, another reason you might want to fast during Advent is because Jesus is coming. Jesus wants to come in fullness. He wants to come more fully into your life and through your life than he has to this point. And we are entering a season that can get super busy. We're just super busy. And then we're just distracted. It's not that we don't want him to come into our life. It's just that he's like B, C, D. He's just, he's there, but it's just like everything. But this is now, this is coming. This is the pressure and giving up something whether it's giving up a meal or it's fasting for a day from food or it's just giving up something for the season of Lent, for December. Give, putting that aside, something that would be right here, putting that aside once a week or for a week or until Christmas, it creates space. Come, Lord Jesus, I have created space for you. Like, I don't have space for God because... I have shopping, and I have football, and I have drinking alcohol, and I have gambling, and I have all these things. Not necessarily that they're bad, but I've got all of them. So I come to church two or three, four times a week, or three or three, four times this month. And I'll be, I'll, that'll help me remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. But then I got all these things, and there's no room. For the only one that matters, there's no room in our lives. And so we may want to fast something, something. And I'm not trying to create guilt or just saying like, maybe that's how you prepare. Something that you just set aside. It's a way to make room for the one who came and who will come again and who wants to come more fully into our lives, have the worship team come up. If we can leave up that slide, that get ready, and those three things, before we go into our closing song, just want to create a little space in case God wants to bring something to mind. So God, we, we thank you that you came. We thank you that the way things are in the world right now and even in our own lives right now, 
are not the best of what you have for us. That the best is yet to come, that there will come a day when you will make all things right. We thank you for that. We thank you for that promise. And we thank you that you want to come, be with us, live with us, move and act in our lives. Even now, we thank you for that. If we want to be ready for whatever you want to do, we don't even know how. Most of it. We don't know what, the, what does that even mean. Would you, in these final moments of our service, bring to mind what it looks like to get ready? Would you make these final moments of this service part of being ready? Just our being with you, our giving you our attention, our willingness. Interactive time. You and us, us and you. There's nothing else. You and us, and us and you.